episode 84 of the State of the Old Republic podcast, was originally recorded on August 6th, 2018. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, Game Update 592 goes live, and along with it comes all of the amazing changes to Warzones and PvP. Marcus from Working Class Nerds and I did some Warzone playtesting pre-592. He's here to discuss how that went, and then next week he'll be back to discuss playing the Warzones post-5.9.2. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to episode 84 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. Game Update 592 went live on Tuesday. It includes significant changes to almost all of the war zones. It also includes changes to the matchmaking process. A few weeks ago, Marcus from Working Class Nerds suggested that we get together and check out the war zones before they change, and then play them again after 592 goes live. Joining me now to talk about our experience playing these war zones pre-592 is Marcus from Working Class Nerds. Welcome to the podcast. Hey Ted, thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited for this PvP discussion. It's nice to know that we can have a collaboration podcast and kind of dive into these PvP changes kind of pre and after. Yeah, when you when you came to me with that idea, I just absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I I, I, you know, I enjoy PvP casually, but uh, was intrigued by all the changes that the Bioware was planning, and so to do this sort of before and after look was was a great idea. And I'm glad you thought about it. And um, so so here we are. Now now before we start though, I think it's also important to point out that you and I are. I think the definition of casual PVPers, <laughs> and we are hardly experts in how to PVP, but we we do enjoy it. I I tell you, I really enjoyed playing it. I play mostly ops. I do a lot of PVE content. It's just something that I love to do. So doing the PVP for me is a big change. Uh, I played a lot of Call of Duty PVP back in the day, but Star Wars uh, PVP. It's very different than that, and I find myself uh, kind of behind the eight ball in it. I have fun, but you can really tell when there's really good players versus the the newbies, I guess we can say, like myself or somebody that plays it very casually that, you know, I get a couple kills, but I'm not really doing all of the objectives needed or any, or scoring with the hot ball because – I don't really know how to run with the hot ball. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yes. But, you know, and this is sort of, uh, uh, I don't say off topic, but, you know, the more PVP is good. Like PVP is something that can help your uh, PVE game. I know in, in other games I played like World of Warcraft, some of the best people that I raided with uh, came from like the PVP world. And just because it's so active and you had to be pay so much attention to everything that was going on around you that you were pretty they were they were very good about 
moving out of the, you know, the bad things that they weren't supposed to be standing in and, and knowing where their utilities were like interrupts and things like that. I mean, so PVP, I think can certainly help you make someone a better ops player if you do it enough. But it's complete different abilities. You know, I know my rotation. I think anybody who plays with me knows that I'm a marauder. That's my main. I have like seven of them. So I know my rotation. And when I go into PvP, there's, you know, two or three abilities that I don't use during PvE, but I use during PvP because, you know, I'm never going to force choke an ops boss. But if you're a, you know, another Jedi Sentinel or something Mm -hmm. else, I'm going to force choke you and get you really mad because I know when it gets done to me, I get so angry. (laughs) Yes, right. You know, because I just hate that feeling of not being able to do something. Having your tune interrupted or, or, or sort of taken out of your control is, I think, one of the most annoying things that all, all players hate. You know, when you, when you just sort of lose control of your character due to stuns, abilities, and things like that, it is, yeah, definitely, I think, one of the more frustrating things that can happen to you in the game. Absolutely. I can't agree more. So, again, you had this great idea that we do this before and after playtest of the Warzone. So we're actually recording this on Monday. This is the day before 592 goes live. So we'll talk about the after part sometime next week. So after this goes live, you and I are going to get together and we'll play these Warzones again. Hopefully we'll get a a good sampling of all the different Warzones and kind of assess how different they feel uh, with with 592. So today we're just going to talk about sort of like the the, the pre-592. And, and we, we should play- say again that we're casual PVPers. <laughs> yes. So, yes. you know, if you're a professional PVPer out there and you have these answers, message us. Because I may not realize that these things can happen in the match. I'm just going to, or we're going to just discuss kind of what our thoughts were on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd love to get other other players' thoughts, uh, especially from PVPers, on their sense of the before and especially the after. Did it make things better? better has it made things worse and yeah that would be wonderful feedback to 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 just hear in general absolutely and one last thing is this is our this is our rest of the year content essentially you know we may get a little bit of story but for star wars the old republic this is what we get for the year this is the big change so even if you don't pvp you're going to be pvping because this is the new content for a good chunk of the rest of the year yeah, that's a good point, right? Because when we got the 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 roadmap, it's been a while now, and it just sort of covered through the summer. So we don't really have any indication of how many more updates are planned for the rest of the year or what's going to be in those updates. So uh, hopefully we'll do another roadmap map here soon. But you're right. You know, they said the summer of SWOTOR was going to be PvP oriented and... Yeah, we've got this is this is the big update of the summer. I don't know what comes next, but you know, it won't be as big as this, I don't think. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, only time will tell or or maybe only Keith knows. I'm sure they do. So hopefully they'll 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 spill the beans here soon enough. Sure. So we didn't get to now when we did our our, our initial play test, we didn't get to play all of the war zones that are changing. I, I think Yavin Four and the Ancient Hypergate didn't come up in our rotation, but we did get the Void Star, uh, Alderaan Civil War, and Hutball. So why don't we start with the the Void Star? And if I recall, we won that match quite handily. In fact, I think you blew up a door for for our team, and we were defending first and then attacking 
second. So I think you kind of just sort of sealed the, sealed the, ultimately sealed the victory with that. What did you think about the Void Star? I've played it before a couple times, and this one I liked it because we won, of course. Anytime you win, winning is winning. But I can really see the map getting stagnant. When we were defending, I mean, they couldn't come at us hard enough. And when we were just defending and defending and defending, and we took it. And then what happened was when we were on the attack, I saw our entire team going after the other side of the map. And this is where chat, I think, really could help a team. You know, I don't really follow the, you know, the group chat because I'm focusing on my abilities in the game. So where voice chat would help because I killed uh, one of the uh, opponents on the left door on that map. And then I opened up the door and essentially, like you said, oh, the game's over. We won. So I don't know how to get it so it's not so defensive. But the one other time I played it, I was on the defense and the other team just walked right through all the way to the end. I think they were a, a very skilled team. But I would say it was um, it's very one-sided. Defense, defense, defense. And it kind of feels boring when you're standing there for ever just defending and they're not moving and you know they're not working as a team i find it to be as i said earlier stagnant i agree um it's one of those matches one of those war zones where it can easily end in a stalemate and that's just one of the most boring things and which means that you know it's just time based and then uh the number of kills sort of dictates the win and you know it's not a not a short match so you're just sitting there (laughs) in this giant sort of melee and when you don't complete any of the objectives, such as, you know, successfully blowing up a door uh, as an attacker, it does it does get quite boring. And when no one gets a door or does anything and you sort of end up with these stalemates, yeah, it can be a very, very dull war zone. But it seems like what they're planning to do for the Void Star is they want to give it – Biohor seems to agree um, – about the defensive nature of the, of the Void Star. So they want to give the offense a much better chance of completing the objectives. And they wanted to make the Void Star more uh, about a race to complete the objectives as opposed to a map which often ends in a stalemate. And then they wanted to shorten the match time, and they believe less stalemates will shorten the overall time of the map. So, so those were their goals, and to accomplish it, they said you know doors will now take six seconds to arm down from eight Defenders will have 15 seconds to disarm door bombs down from 20, and then extending the bridge and lowering the shields now takes six seconds to channel down from eight. And, you know, I guess looking back at our match, how do you think those rule changes might have impacted things? I don't know, because if the team isn't going after, if, you know, if there's seven of us are all attacking one side and the other team thinks that the whole team is there and then the lonely marauder goes to the other side and opens up the door. I think you're still, it's still, you know, six seconds to kind of arm the door. You have to be able to get there and do it. I don't honestly, I think if what a sweet change would be is if you die, you know, the whole team dies three times, Mm -hmm. the door should automatically open or something like that to speed it up. But obviously then, you know, it's going to, you know, make it so the game goes faster. But I don't I don't see how 
a couple seconds here and a couple seconds there are going to stop the defense, especially for a good team going against a bunch of casuals like us. Yeah, and and in the case of our match where we were defending first and we just – I don't think they even came close to blowing up a door. Two more seconds for them to – you know, I don't think anyone was like, oh, gosh, two seconds away from a successful arming of the door, you know. So in in that regard, I'm not sure that the rules would have made one bit of difference. Uh, All that would have happened is you would have, you know, taken your door and – couple seconds faster and the match would have ended slightly sooner i think that's about the only difference i could have seen because it was so so lopsided so i don't think the rule changes would have would have impacted our match which was a situation where one team was just so much better than the other we were just overpowering powering the other guys that that i don't think it would have would have mattered you know our particular match probably wasn't a good example just to to factor in uh, these rule changes but I'm trying to think. The only thing, I, and again, this is again, I'm just explaining my sort of lack of knowledge about how some of these stuns and interrupts work in terms of their duration. But I think six seconds is probably one of those. I don't want to say it's a magic number, but I, I thought I saw some comments from people saying, "Well, they were concerned about that. That you know, that's how long maybe some of the stuns and things last. So this could make it. I, well, I mean, of course, you know, the goal is to make it easier to to attack and blow blow the door. So that might that. We might see more people taking doors. I don't know. I hope so. Have you ever been in the match, whether it's attacking or defending, where they went through the whole thing to the end and won? Uh, yes, I've, I've, I have been in a match where we've gotten through the whole place and, and won. I have been on the other side of that as well. But I don't think I've ever been in a match where you know both teams did that or both teams got several doors, you, you know what I mean, and, and, and made you know, significant progression through there. I don't think I've ever been in a match where that's happened. And I think, you know, matchmaking will help that. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But if they can somehow make the matchmaking better, then that might work. Because I think a big part is, I think the one time where the other team went all the way to the end, our team didn't have a healer. And, yeah, and that won't be the case now, right? Everyone will have the, – the teams hopefully will be fairly evenly matched in terms of both sure. composition and possibly skill as well. I mean, those are some changes that we'll get to in just a little bit here. So, But I would I would love to see it where – I'd love to, you know, queue for PvP in 592, enter the Void Star and see, like, my team get, if not all the way through, most of the way through, and then – find myself in a heated battle where the other team is also kind of racing their way through, right? And you're making this progression through the map. And I right. think that would just be, if the matches end up to be more like that, I think that would be, it'd be much, much more enjoyable, much more enjoyable, better than nobody getting a door and just sitting there, you know, punching each other in the face, you know, right. seeing who gets it, the most kills. <laughs> but they said they wanted to shorten the match time, but they really haven't, announced that they're going to shorten the match time because they haven't really said that they're going to or maybe they have but yeah i don't know if they've done anything from a actual timing standpoint other than they just assume that the with these changes the way the the match will progress it will just shorten it i don't know if that will actually play out or not so one of the other war zones that's getting changes um, that we, we experienced was the Alderaan Civil War. Now, it's not getting a big makeover, but the goal is to shorten the match time. And to accomplish that, the turrets are now going to do 
more damage. So what are your thoughts on the Alderaan Civil War? And I think we lost this match, too, if I recall. We did. We got our butts whooped. I think, is the score 100? Like, is it a countdown or a count up? It's like a it percentage? Is a, it's, it's a countdown. Um, yes. I don't know the exact score, right? I think each ship starts off at like 500, maybe 600 points. Oh, that's then, right. And then they take yeah, damage we got and it goes, it goes down. <laughs> yeah, we got destroyed. Well, first and foremost, my biggest complaint on this map is the speeder. So every time you die, you have to go back up into that room and take the speeder. And it's like a 10 second or 20 second ride down. You know, how many times do I need to see how beautiful Alderaan is? I know how beautiful it is. We miss it in real time because it got blown up by the Death Star, right? We, But we know how beautiful it is. I wish after the initial start of the match, you would spawn on the ground somewhere. All right. So that's my uh, that's my only complaint. Um, I just find that this match is very team-based. If you don't have good communication, your team loses because the easy answer is to go for the middle one right away. But that's where everybody goes. So really the key is is to get the ones on the sides. But I find myself always going to the middle, and I never really have fun with this map. Yeah, what I usually do is I sort of – take it a little bit slow initially and I'll check to see, you know, is, Hey, is somebody going off from our team going off to, to one of the sides? Yes. And is it just one of them? And then I maybe check and see, is there, if I can notice any enemies going out there to, to get them as well. If there looks like there's enemies there, I'll go and maybe help them out. But like that, then otherwise I usually just, just go to the middle and, and start fighting. And then I try and keep an eye on things like, okay, have we captured that turret yet? Have we kept, you know, is it taking, does it seem like it's taking too long to capture that turret? If it does, I probably will go out to the side and, cause I assume at that point someone's getting attacked and that's why we haven't gotten the turret yet. So we're at risk right. it, of losing it. So those are just some of the things that, that I try, try and do with that one. But I, I, I agree. I think communication is probably true of most war zones, but you know, in communication beyond like, Hey, there's three people heading my way, right? It has to be more more than just that. I think they're probably trying to communicate and coordinate. Like, okay, we've got our turret, they've got theirs. Either we're all gonna are we all gonna focus on the middle, or are we gonna try and go to the side? And, and how might we go about doing that to right. get to capture a second turret? And the hardest part is bringing me back to a big point for PvP is I'm not a big fan of big maps, and I find this one to be big because there's a lot of running involved. Where, you know, the smaller maps, it, you're kind of, no matter where you turn, there's somebody there and there's some action. Where this one, you could be running to the sides, let's call it east or west. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes, you could be running for a little while. And by the time you get there, there's a bounty hunter and a healer. Well, guess what? You're never going to kill a bounty hunter and a healer. Because <laughs> a bounty hunter has too many safeguards to protect themselves from dying. And yes, I'm hating on all bounty hunters. Yeah, and I play a bounty <laughs> hunter, so and I I, under, I understand your frustration. They, they they are fun to play, although I guess like most classes, though you know those big heals and, and abilities like that, you know they they do have cooldowns. So once you've burned through them, you're just toast <laughs> at that point. Sure, but but they can keep you alive for for a good while, right? You know, and if you've got a healer there, you know it, that's just enough to to kind of get you back up to speed and get you the match or get you or to keep you alive until help arrives. So, you know, it's right. Oh, 
as a marauder, I'll come in and I'll almost kill you, and then you'll hit that responsive safeguards with the culto shot, have a full thing of health, and I'm and I'm a quarter. I'm at twenty five percent before dead. And whoever's the bounty hunter just laughs at me. You know, silly marauder. I'm alive, and you're about to be dead. Still, though, as much as annoying that is, no, I don't think anything's more annoying though than the the sork bubbles. And I don't. That's in the same category. As about. I hate that, right? You know, you're you're <laughs> pounding away on this guy, and you're like, I think I got it. And, then, and you sort of know it's coming, right? And all of a sudden, there it goes. There's the bubble. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, but that's one of those abilities that I wish they would take out for PvP. It would be ineffective. Or cut mm-hmm. it down to, like, half the time that, it, you know, push the god bubble instead of it lasting 10 seconds. It only lasts two seconds. Or the bounty hunter culto shot or responsive safeguards. Instead of filling your health, you only get twenty five percent. You know stuff like that. But I understand how hard it is to. You can't really change abilities for PvP and then have it be the same for PVE. No, it's hard. That is one of the downsides to, to this game. And this is probably this is definitely a t- I think a topic for another day. Is you know the fact that you share abilities across PVE and PvP trying to balance for those two things. And I think um, that's just sort of one of the pitfalls that uh, SWOTOR has has fallen into that, you know, I don't know that sure. they'll ever have a solution. World of Warcraft used to have that problem, and then ultimately they found a way to separate the PvP abilities from the, from the PvE and tune them separately, even where there was overlap there, and now able to tune them separately for those different environments. And uh, people right. no, no longer complain about that like they used to. <laughs> Right. Now, I can't wait to discuss the next place we went. So the next one we did was Hutball, which I don't know. I guess I have this love-hate relationship with Hutball. And, and now the fact that you're going to be able to play Hutball in the Rishi Stronghold, I've kind of like I like that idea. But this was uh, one of the war zones that we got to play. I'm, I think I scored a goal in this yeah, one, you which, did. Was, which was always fun. I always like to do that, especially as a Merc. I'll just do that rocket out ability and back over the goal line. Um but, you know, people seem to either love or hate Hutball. And where do you stand? What are your thoughts on it? So when I first played it, I didn't like it. And then I played it a couple more times and a couple more times. And I'm like, now I really enjoy this. There's so much to do. You can defend your guy running with the ball. You can attack anybody you want. You can try to kill a healer or you can just get the ball and run with it. At the time we played it, I wasn't the fan. Like I said, I kind of played it a couple more times, and I was like, wow, this is really fun. But I think once the uh, 5.9.2 comes out, and we can, like you said, go to the Rishi Stronghold and play it, I I don't even want to say play it. How about practice? Get with your buddies, your guildies, and set up a quick hutball match, even if it's four on four or eight v eight, whatever you guys can, or two versus two, and just learn how to play the game. I think after five point nine point two, out of all of the changes, I think hutball is going to become quality. I think most people are going to play it up in that stronghold and almost practice, so people won't just. Eight people won't just try to kill people. They'll actually try to get the ball to score a goal. You know, that is not something I had. I hadn't really thought about that in terms of I figured people would play matches, but I hadn't really thought about the idea of using it for practice 
and training purposes. And I, I just love that idea because one of the things I would want to work on for myself is practicing a running with the ball and just passing the ball, finding the, the, the person to pass it to and, and getting off a pass and that, that sort of thing, right? I think that's where probably the biggest thing I would like to really learn how to do well. And the Rishi Stronghold now gives you that opportunity to do that with, with people rather than have to do it, you know, on the battlefield and get yelled at <laughs> for, well, for that's doing it, it. Absolutely. So imagine, so uh, in August 22nd, if you're around, uh, I'm hosting my third uh, mega event with the AIE Guild, and we're going to be up in the Rishi Stronghold doing a hupball. I'm going to call it a hupball tournament, but it's going to be hupball matches. We'll mix and match some people. But I'm really excited for it because it's going to give an opportunity to even a casual PvP or like myself to play it with friends where I'm not getting yelled at. And, you know, we can say, oh, nobody kills anybody. Let's try that and just run with the ball and interrupt and see what you can do and just hit a guy to try to, mm-hmm. you know, take the ball away and actually play the game. So then when you get into an actual hot ball match, everybody knows how to kill somebody or heal somebody yes. or tank somebody, but not everybody knows how to play the game. And, you know, some of the changes that are coming, I think are going to be drastic to the game. I'm not, re- I'm not really sure what all of the changes are, but I have a feeling you do. Yeah, so what's what they're doing for Hutball? One is uh, Garada the Hut will become bored of a single ball carrier and kill them after 45 <laughs> seconds, down from 120 seconds. And, and I have to be honest, 45 seconds seems like a long time still to be carrying the ball, and I've never really paid attention to how long someone might. I let's, let me put this way: I've never been able to hang onto the ball for that long. I'm pretty sure without getting crushed. But I'm thinking maybe in a map like the Quest Hut Ball. People might be able to that that might be interesting there. I think because just because it's so vertical and you got to get up, um, and you know, a single ball carrier over there might might have more difficulty. Um, so that that might be an interesting change to see how that comes into play. Uh, another thing they're doing to win before time expires: the winning team will need to score ten times up from six. And I remember them saying they wanted it to feel more like a uh, just just an overall sports sports match, you know, where you know. The team that scores the most wins versus, you know, where the goal would be just to score six goals and call it a day. However, though, Garada the Hut will now take mercy on losers. If a team is losing by six points, the match will immediately end. So if someone scores six, six straight goals, well, that'll that'll end it. And the Hut Ball match time is going to be 10 minutes down from 13. Players can no longer catch the Hut Ball while stunned. And then there were some numerous other changes uh, regarding the points that you receive for throwing, catching, and scoring. So I don't know. It's hard to know how the, any of this would have affected our match. But I, I don't know. I think these seem like really good changes for Hutball. I think the Hutball changes are the best in 5.9.2. First of all, the fact that Garada the Hut's going to be bored of a single ball carrier, <laughs> I think it's great. 120 seconds is two minutes. Yeah, and it is two minutes. That it, is a so, long time. Right. So the old match would be 13 minutes. So two minutes of that 13 minutes, somebody could just hold the ball in a corner if their team was just keeping people alive mm-hmm. and they just wanted the match to go to time. So I think 45 seconds is not even a minute. I think that's a great th- – that's that's perfect. I like that. Uh, You know, to win, to win before the time expires um, – 
10 points, six points, that part doesn't matter to me because I don't think, you know, I don't think I've ever been in a match where somebody got five points before. So that part, that's kind of mute to me. Now, Grotto the Hut's going to take mercy on losers. Now that's funny. So if you were up by six points, the match is over. I think that's great. That's a great rule because now people are going to be incentivized to not bail out of the match. How many times were you in it and you're up five, nothing or five, two, and people just bail out at least. Yeah, exactly. You know, hopefully it stops people from leaving. 10 minutes, 10 minute matches are great. I think all PVP matches should be 10 minutes and 10 minutes max. I didn't even realize you could catch a hot ball while you were stunned. That's how, yeah, just shows I, I you how really much I've not played. No. And that just seems like a bad thing to do, right? Just to actually throw it to someone who is stunned. But <laughs> Right. Um, but I think these changes, I think these changes are going to make help. I shouldn't say make help people like PVP more or being more like I'm going to say me and you, I'm going to be more apt to click the PVP button on the map and queue for it now with these changes, because I feel like, you know, they're trying to help the new players. So if you get into an experienced football match against a form team, it's not going to last long. And so you'll be out fast. So I like it. Well, and Bioware obviously likes Hutball too, because although it's not coming in 592, we do know that they are working on a new Hutball arena, which will be, so we don't know when that's going to come. Hopefully, maybe later this summer we'll see that. But but we are going to get another Hutball Warzone that'll be added to the rotation. So, right. interesting. So, you know, we'll be playing more Hutball now than we were before, between that and, and the Rishi Stronghold. <laughs> and then we went to the Navari Coast, didn't we? We did. We and then we went there and we stayed there. I mean, we had that pop three times in a row for us, I recall. And I don't know if we won any of them. Some of those were, were pretty bad. Um, it was no, we didn't win any. I think the map is too big. I think it has, you know, too much stalemate. Because again, I'm going to bring it back to that bounty hunter, mm-hmm. uh, and you can say the Sork bubble, where you know you get one of those guys and a healer. You're not going to take that turret or whatever it is, whatever you're attacking there. It's not a turret. Uh, And you're just trying to, you know, control two or three points on the map. But that one's not changing too much, is it? No, I think there's just, and I don't have it written down, there was just some sort of bug fix that just made it, I guess, some people, like with like Sorks, I guess, again, or uh, say Sith Inquisitors with the phase walk ability, maybe were able to start uh, channeling, capturing uh, one of the bunkers uh, a little bit further out than was intended. So sure, <laughs> that so all they've done is a bug fix. They haven't changed any of the rules regarding the Navari Coast. So it's going to be the only thing that's going to affect that are these matchmaking changes. Well, I think now would be a great time to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll discuss these matchmaking changes.
want to hear more of Marcus, be sure to check out his podcast, Working Class Nerds. He and co-host Nick Byrne cover the latest SWOTOR news and have awesome guests from the SWOTOR community. If you're looking for a good place to start, I recommend checking out episode 12, TED Talk, which guest stars yours truly. And we're back. I think one of the biggest impacts we'll see to PvP in 592 are the matchmaking changes. What's going to happen is this. The unranked Warzone queue will now always prioritize Warzones over arenas. An arena match will only pop if there are not enough players to populate a full Warzone match at that time. Under typical conditions, matchmaking will try to not place more than two tanks or healers on the same team in a Warzone or one tank or healer for an arena. Matchmaking will always do its best to balance the number of tanks and healers on each team. If there are two healers, each team will receive one if possible. The same is true of tanks. In situations where there are an odd number of tanks or healers, matchmaking will do its best to place the combined number of tanks and healers evenly. For example, there are three healers and one tank. Matchmaking will attempt to make the teams two healers versus one tank and one healer. Matchmaking will also more strongly take player skill into account when making teams. Pre-made groups queuing for ranked and unranked war zones will now have their matchmaking skill based on the highest rated member, not the team's average rating. So, I mean, thinking about this, how do you think the role balancing changes are going to impact PvP now? Well, it, I think it's, I think it's going to be hard for them to get it right, and not in the sense that they're going to be able to do exactly what they say. I think if there's three, there's, you know, seven DPS and one healer, our queue time is going to be a little bit longer. That's my concern because right now, I mean, you click PVP within a minute or two on the star forge, at least. I mean, we're queuing. And I mean, as soon as we were finished with the map, you didn't even get to run 10 feet and it queued again for us. So I think for that, you know, I don't want that to be affected, but I think yeah, they I, definitely need to change it. Yeah. Well, I think that'll also be offset, hopefully, by the fact that all the war zones are going to be cross faction. So now when you queue, right, we're just being matched up with other for, for most of the war zones anyway. Um with other other imperial players, for example, if we're, if we're on our empire tunes, now we'll just be you'll have a, a this giant pool of PvP players, and it will attempt to just pair you up uh, with it, with anyone that that's that's currently queued. So hopefully that will offset uh, what they're trying to do matchmaking wise in terms of doling out tanks, healers, in in, in DPS. Maybe maybe that'll help. But I want to just say to Bioware that. I think it's great that they're trying to fix PvP. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely wonderful that they're putting the time into this because the just a little bit we played and then when we were done, we played I played myself a little bit and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, "Man, these changes are going to be great overall because they're taking something that is in desperate need of help and they're fixing it." One of my concerns with with balancing out the groups is sometimes balance and equality isn't always the best thing, right? And if things are too evenly matched, it I'm, I'm just worried that it might be harder to 
kill players and maybe maybe and on the, the flip side of that is maybe I'll be harder to kill as a result but I just I just hope we're not running into too many stalemates in terms of just the PvP battles between players right you know maybe the objectives will be a little bit easier in some cases it'll feel more aggressive more offensive in terms of places like the void star but you know, if you're not able to kill people because, you know, the, the healing's too evenly matched and so forth, that won't be good. <laughs> yeah, but it, as anything else, I think, like you said, with the cross-faction queuing, I think it's going to become much more balanced. And I think the adults from the children are going to show, right? And And I mean that in the sense of skilled versus a rookie or a newbie. You know, I think it's really going to show now because – you're going to have two sentinel, a sentinel and a marauder on a team, and you're going to have a bounty hunter and a healer. And you're going to know who's doing what they're supposed to versus the other because it's going to be really evident because on the other team, it could be the same exact team, and you're going to yes. find out you know, who is really truly playing the best class. Yeah, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, that matchmaking is now going to sh- more strongly take player skill into account when making the teams. So... That'll be interesting in how well they do that, right? So I guess everyone apparently has some sort of hidden rating. It's it's just a, a number that they use to sort of determine, you know, I guess how good or bad you are, are at PvP. It's not something that, you know, is, is visible. It's always been there, and now they're just going to try and leverage it a little more and do more with it. So they are going to try and figure out, try and not only just balance out the teams in terms of tanks, healers, and DPS, but they're also going to try and pull in people of, you know, equal skill. And again, I think it's all going to depend on the, the the population of people queuing for PvP at any given time in terms of how well that works. But I'll be real curious to see if that, as I queue for multiple war zones, say over the course of an hour, do we keep running into the same people? Or as it we win and lose, does it try and, you know, mix us up with different people that we haven't seen before because it's it's doing a better job of matching us skill-wise. Uh, that'll be interesting to see if that's even noticeable at all. I don't know how they can determine skill. 248 is 248. Your max right. level gear, your max level gear. And I would say that's how they're going to do it. The thing for me and my suggestion was, and I said this maybe a year ago, is they should get rid of unranked PvP. They should make all PvP ranked. So then what happens is is Marcus and Ted and my wife all go into a match and I'm my I have one kill and twelve deaths. That goes on my mark. And then you go in there and you have twelve kills and one death. And my wife goes in and she doesn't die at all. And I think everything should be tracked in one and they should make all ranked the only PvP. And I think that's the only true way they can fix the or regulate who's playing with who. That's truly how I feel. No, I, I hear what you're saying. And when they announced the the matchmaking changes, I mean, Eric Musco went on the forums and one of the things he wrote was, and I'm just, I'm just reading this now. He says, actually, since Votor launched, players have always had a rating behind the scenes. And he says, I'm hesitant to say rating since this isn't the same thing as your ranked score, but it's the easiest way to explain it. This is more of a way that we approximate player skill solely for the purposes of matchmaking. This is also the reason we don't expose this information since it's not really a rating. 
And then he says in 592, we are making optimizations in how we use this information along with things like role, spec, gear, and more to try and create the most balanced teams we can. So I, we just don't know, right? This is a, a hidden rating that they use, and we don't know what it takes into account. So maybe it does some of the things that, that you suggested, whereas you play Warzone and, you know, you get that big summary at the end and you see how many medals people got and, you know, objective points and things like that. So maybe maybe they are doing something behind the scenes with that information to try and, you know, find to, to, to more closely match people. I'm a, I'm excited for these changes, but I'm going to say, but if the, but if all the fixes aren't done tomorrow, I'm okay with that. I think the, the biggest thing is, is just like galactic command. What did you say when it first came out? I forget all the, you know, two years ago or whenever it was released, you, you know, it wasn't great. I remember listening to your show and you were talking about the, the grind to 300 was real. Oh yeah, it was awful. (laughs) Exactly. It really was. And now look at it It, where Galactic Command was and where it is today. I think it's great. So I think even if tomorrow there's still a little bit of flaws, I think if we give them a little while, they're going to do a great job to make everything better for PvP. But I do have one question for you. And do you think they should bring back PvP gear? So I'm torn uh, on this, right? I mean, I guess I wouldn't be upset if they did. I just I'm I'm more of a quality of life person. So I just like having one set of gear. I just like being able to go into a war zone, switch up my talents and uh, or you know my disciplines, I should say, and Q and off I go, right? That my you know that just have one set of gear that I'm working towards that that works for both. But I I understand um why people would want that. And, and, and the other thing to say about that, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that the gear was shared, that there, that it was the same, I probably would not have gotten into PVP. I primarily started PVPing because of the unassembled components. It was a way to earn, earn the gear that I was already trying to, to get for, for PVE. You know what I mean? So I was, I was, it was PVP was a way of kind of helping me get the PVE gear that I wanted much faster. So I, I, I like it where it is, but I sort of understand why people might want to have separate PvP gear. Um, and it wouldn't at all surprise me if Bioware decided just to have a separate set of PvP gear for folks. Well, that sort of covers the Warzone changes. And, of course, you know, we're going to get together this week after 592 goes live. We'll try out the changes. Hopefully we'll get a, a good, solid rotation of Warzones <laughs> to play and not Navari Coast three, four, or five times. <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll come back next week um, and discuss sort of like that before and after, and just sort of get our sense of of is is it better, is it worse? We know we'll we'll, we'll get a good sense of that. So, but yeah, five point nine two five nine two goes live on like I said Tuesday, August seventh. So we'll, we're going to get together this week and bang out those those war zones. So I I am really looking forward to that. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast this week. Like I said, I can't wait to try out those new war zones and come back and discuss those with you next week. Thanks so much for having me on. I can't wait for tomorrow night when we get to dive into these changes. I'm really excited to see these changes. I'm really excited for the hub changes because I think it's going to be really fun and it's going to give us something really solid to talk about. Also, too, don't forget Rishi's coming. So yes. even 
you know, hopefully somebody I know unlocks it. I don't have enough credits to unlock the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hopefully somebody I know gets it so we can get up there and start doing some hot ball or just some dueling and just have some fun. So overall, I'm really excited about yeah. the changes. Also, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MarcusB814. And you can check out our podcast, Working Class Nerds, on all the podcasting sites. Uh, we're recording our next episode this Thursday. And uh, I can't wait to come back on the show. Thanks, Ted. And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut on the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another 45 minutes listening to episode 84 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SotorPodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 85 next week. Until then, remember the Sith Code. Cake is a lot.